Luke chapter 11, verse 35. As many of y'all know, I'm reading out the New Living Translation. It says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as flood as as though a floodlight were filling you with light. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. <clears throat> again, Lord, I just rejoice that Lord, I know the greatest miracle is for someone to be born again. So Lord, we're just rejoicing with the miracles that have already taken place here tonight. Lord, as we get into your word, Lord, I first and foremost ask you to help me. Uh, lead me and guide me, Holy Spirit, uh, that that I would accurately divide and present the Word of God. Uh, Lord, I can't do this on my own, nor do I want to. I need your help. Lord, I ask also that you would open up the, the hearts, the spirits, the ears, the eyes of everyone in here, and that you would speak to them, Lord God, that you would show them exactly what they need to see, what they need to hear, what's going on. Lord, show me, all of us in here tonight, what needs to, to happen in us, where we need to go with this message. Lord, I pray for truth to rain out, that light would be radiant, even now flooding every part of our being. I bind up all distraction. I bind up all hindrance of the evil one. I cancel every plans of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. We just clear the atmosphere in the strong and powerful name of Jesus and ask, Lord, that you have your way, your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week... Um, as I, I I was I read an article last week, and it was an article. Um, it was something, and a lot of y'all are gonna know we talking about. But for the sake, I'm not you know uh, gonna name drop or anything. And y'all follow me where I'm going with this. I read about um, a very uh, uh, well known uh, Christian man uh, that that was found out about some immorality that was going on in his life. It, it got exposed through the media. Um, all over the internet and whatnot. Um, he confessed to it, said everything that he had done and that it was wrong and whatnot. And, you know, when I heard that and, and you know, been knowing of this man, I actually got to meet him once in, in person and whatnot. And um, I, I was, first of all, shocked. But I wasn't shocked in the way, like, oh, man, I can't believe that he did that. My first thought was really almost of the, the attitude of it was heartbreaking because I began to think, man, you know, what was going on in his life probably no one knew about or very little people knew about. So my wife and I began to talk about it and begin to talk about just, and we were texting back and forth. And later when I got home, we began to talk about how it just reminded us how open we need to be with one another about everything that's going on in our lives. Every feeling, every thought, every temptation, everything, just, just begin to talk about that and, and, and just be open and honest with the Lord and, and with each other. Then the very next morning, when I sit down to read my Bible, I didn't search this out. I'm reading through the book of Luke and through the book of Jeremiah. And, and where I was at in Luke, I opened up my Bible and, and I read this scripture. Make sure that the light that you think you have is not actually darkness. If you're filled with light with no dark corners in your whole life, then your whole life will be radiant. And those three words stuck out to me. No dark corners. And again, I begin to think of this, this brother because he is our brother. I begin to think of, the, of, of our brother and thought, man, there was a lot of dark corners in his life. Or there were a couple major ones going on in his life. 
And then the very next morning, as I continue to read through the book of Luke, it says this in Luke 2, Jesus again, Luke 12, I'm sorry, Luke 12, 2 and 3 says this. The time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. Again, I begin to think about this incident and I was like, wow, it's amazing how Jesus spoke these words thousands of years ago. And you look at our day and age with the Internet and when someone very popular, anyone, but especially when a Christian falls, literally within minutes, the whole world can read and hear about it. Isn't that amazing? When Jesus said that today, literally within minutes, the whole world has heard about it. And, and, you know, even though we may not be as popular as this, this brother, you know, uh, is, you know, and some of our secrets may not hit the internet. If there are any dark corners of sin in our life, they will eventually be revealed. Eventually they will. That's what Jesus was saying. You go back all the way to Numbers 32 and 23. It says this. If you fail to keep your word, then you will have sinned against the Lord. And you may be sure of this. That your sin will find you out. Eventually, sin will find us out. You know, this verse I just read in Numbers was speaking of specific sin. But it goes for all sin. That's why tonight, as I come up here, I urge you. To have no dark corners in your life. To have no dark corners in your life. Like I said, y'all, it challenged me right away. Just like, man, like I said, it was, was not an attitude of, man, I can't believe that. How could he? It was just like, man, I've heard men of God that I respect say, and I believe this because this is what the Bible says. I am capable of doing that and even more if I let sin go unchecked in my life. Are you? Are you would y'all agree with that? And, and, and I think as we move forward, right out the gate, if we keep this posture, the, the more, because the Bible says, be careful if you think you stand unless you fall. If you look at something like that, and most of y'all probably know what I'm talking about. If you look at something like that and say, man, I can't believe he did that. He, I would never do that. There ain't no way. The Bible says, be very careful. The more we're like, man, that could be me. That could be me if, if I allow dark corners in my life. If I allow things that are happening inside of me, temptation and sin, to just stay lurking where nobody sees it, eventually they will be revealed, they will be shouted from the rooftops, posted all over social media, and it can be a ruin to our lives. It may be a sexual sin, it could be impurity, it could be an inappropriate emotional relationship with the opposite sex. It don't even always have to be physical con uh, contact. You know, we can get, especially those of us that are married, you can get in an unhealthy rela emotional relationship with someone. It can be uh, lying, stealing, greed, jealousy, drugs, abuse of alcohol, unforgiveness, bitterness, things like that that are, that are even less seen that sometimes nobody would ever know about. Until, you know, the Lord reveals or it starts leaking out into other things. If you have any of these or others lurking in your life, it's time to change that. You know, and I just felt 
And this, I mean, not just specifically for this church, but I know I just felt a burden for the church in general because I know that there's, there's dark corners lurking in believers' life that come to church day in and day out. And, and, and when I see something like this, cause, cause I would have never thought, I mean, I know it's possible, but I would have never thought. Years ago, another prominent pastor, huge church in another state, was the president of the Evangelical Association uh, uh, in America, fell to immorality in a very perverse way. And I was like, man, what? I'd have never thought. It's dark corners that we keep hitting in our lives. So how do we make sure there's no dark corners in our lives? Let's talk about that tonight. Number one, we must expose them. That's the first and foremost thing. We must expose the darkness. When you walk into a room, turn on the light, the darkness goes away because there's light that has shined on them. Ephesians 5, 10 and 11 says this, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. And we could stop right there. Amen. Carefully determine what I'm doing every day in my life. Brandon, is that thought, is that action, is that motive, is that pleasing to the Lord? It says carefully determine that. Not flippantly, carefully. Then he goes on to say this. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Not only does it say take no part in, it says expose them. You know, i got to be honest. I've preached this many times. Many times in youth and just about society and our government and the, the, the foul wickedness that's going on. Like, don't take part. Don't be a part of the world. We need to expose that sin and all that. But I'll be honest. This week or late last, really this week as I was studying this, as I began to look at this, the first time I looked inwardly and said, you know what, stop trying to expose everybody else to sin. What about yours? The darkness, we know, we, it's not hard to look around this world and see darkness, right? But expose the darkness that's going on inside. And it might not be that you're full of darkness, you're this horrible, wicked, evil person, but there might be a, a dark corner. Remember, this whole room's lit up. And actually, you can see there's a few dark corners in the room. It don't mean that this room's full of, of darkness, right? But there's some corners, some little pieces of the room that are dark. So we must look inwardly, pray. And, and, and some, when it comes to sin, we don't have to pray because we know, we, we know when there's a sin in our life. And you see what happens, and, and I'll say this, what makes it hard to expose sin, I'll be honest, is partially the church's fault. It's partially the church in, in general and some preachers' fault that, that, that teach a, a legalistic, performance-driven Christianity that says don't expose your sin because then you're, you're not a good enough Christian. You won't be a good Christian if you, if you tell people that you have sin in your life. They'll think you're weak. They'll think you're not really saved. But that's not what the Bible says. We must expose any darkness in our lives. So partially of that is, is the church's fault. And I'll apologize for the church as a whole. But I, I say, you know what? We, we need to expose our weaknesses. We need to expose. Because, you know, me and my wife were talking this the other night. You know, I find that when somebody comes to me with a weakness, I, I don't, my natural response is not to be like, man, I can't believe you're dealing with this. You know, when somebody comes vulnerable, broken, and humble and exposes their weakness, I, my heart is like, man, I want to help you. Thanks for being honest. I want to help you. Let's, I want to walk with you through this thing. And so there's been twisted teaching about sin saying that, you know, and look, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, 
back then in the youth, when I was young, I, I probably leaned more towards that side of holiness and all that. And look, we need to live, let me be clear, we need to live holy lives. That's why I'm talking about this. But you know, I, I, I know I'm guilty of, of getting on those rants before, you know. And maybe, maybe my heart motive was right, but the way I presented it was wrong. It could have left people confused. But I want to encourage you to expose all darkness. You know, and even if it's not sin, if it's just temptation, not just, but if it's temptation, because know that temptation and sin are two different things. You know that. Jesus was tempted. The Bible says in every way we're tempted. Every single one, Jesus Christ himself was tempted, yet without sin. So the Bible makes it clear that sin and temptation are two different things. So listen, even as a temptation, I think this is sometimes where we, 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 we mess up too. When we're being tempted, we feel like it's sin, and then we don't want to say anything. And I want to go back to the married couples, especially in, our, in, in those of us that are married. Your spouse needs to be the first one you talk to. Oh, Brandon, you don't know my wife. I don't, you know, I don't. I might not. But I tell you what, she was the first one I texted when I, when I read that article that day. And we had a good conversation. We had a great conversation. Because you know what? I'd rather expose temptation, listen, so it doesn't turn into sin. Amen? We need to expose temptation too so it doesn't turn into sin. So you can have your spouse, a brother, obviously the Lord. It's very obvious. And we're going to talk about temptation a little bit more later. But obviously, you know, you can have somebody that helps you and say, look, man, I'm... I'm, I'm I've been tempted with this. It's like seems stronger than, than, than lately, you know, whatever. It could be a, anything on that list or beyond. It's obviously someone you trust, somebody that will walk with you, somebody that will help you. Because if we don't, the Lord will. He'll bring it to the surface. Listen to Ephesians 5, 13 and 14 says this. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. In verse 8, just right before that, it says that this light is of the Lord. It says walk in the light of the Lord. We know that, right? So if we don't expose sin or temptation in our life, the Lord will. Everything might look good on the surface, but eventually your sin will find you out. I thought about this. Everybody familiar with what black lights are? You know, the, the black lights, they look purple, you put them on. If you're wearing clothes and lights are on a regular basis, like a regular, you know, like these jeans, you really can't see any lint on these jeans. But what happens when you put a black light on them? You see everything, right? You see the lint. You see. I'll never forget, we had what was called a blackout service. I don't know if you remember this. I was actually looking as I was studying, looking at some notes from back then. And we had a blackout service. And we came in and we had changed all the bulbs in the youth room to all fluorescent lights. They were all black lights. So when kids came in, we encouraged them to wear white. It was a theme. It was awesome. And, and, and our, we had some, you know, our babies, like little babies. And my wife had some jeans on. And when she got in there, she realized... You, you couldn't see it regular, but under the black light, there was a big old spot of spit up on her jeans, you know? And she probably washed those jeans or, or, or probably maybe they were stained. I don't know. You couldn't see it in a, it, it, it normal on the surface. But if you put a special light on it, you can see everything. See, when the light of the Lord shines on, everything gets exposed, right? So we need to expose these cells ourselves because if not, we know the Lord's going to do it. And again, it goes back to because he's a good, good father. Not because he wants to beat us down, not, you know, because he's a good father. When I see my children and you parents, I see your children doing something harmful. You, you want to expose it, the attitudes, the, whatever it may be, the fighting, the bickering, the, all that kind of stuff. Because we know it's harmful to them and to others around them. So we help them, we separate them, we maybe discipline them, but we love on them and say, listen, 
sweetie, I want to explain something. You're going you're gonna to harm yourself and others if you continue to do this, right? So because especially with children, they don't always know to expose their own. Well, you know what? I just, you know, sometimes it's been funny the times my kids like, well, what, what do you think? You know, what, what did you do? Oh, I did this and I deserve a spanking. I'm like, really? It's like, well, after that, you really don't want to spank them, you know. But but we need to allow the light of the Lord to expose it and, and, and in our lives. We need to first because as I'm talking right now, I know there's people in this room that there's something right away that's in your life that maybe no one knows about. And the Lord's already put his finger on that. And for years, it's like, there's no way I can tell my wife that. There's no way I can tell my husband that. There's no way I can tell a friend that, my life group leader, a pastor. There's just no way. There is a way. And that way starts tonight. Number two, which is kind of close to the first one. But number two, after we expose them, we must confess them. We must confess our sins. Well, isn't it the same thing? Well, not really. Once you can, can, can expose it, you confess it. Because what confession is, is an acknowledgement that you agree with God that it is sin in your life. That's what confession is. You have confession, then repentance. Confession, you're saying, okay, God, there's something that's going on in my life that I'm doing that you said is wrong and sin. So I confess to you that I've been doing this, and you're right. It's wrong. So we expose it, but then we confess it and acknowledge that it's sin. James 5, 16, first to the Lord. But listen with this. This is, a, this is a powerful scripture. Confess your sins to who? To each other so that you may be healed. And it says pray for one another so that you may be healed. It doesn't just say, oh, well, I confess to the Lord, and that's good. But again, if you're married, confess your sin to your spouse. If you have a close brother or sister in the Lord, confess that. Why? Somebody said this, because when you confess to God, it brings forgiveness. When you confess to someone else, it brings healing. We don't get healing from the damage of sin until we begin to confess it to those around us. Amen? So we need to confess any dark corners. You know, everyone needs accountability. I've been saying our spouse first. Remember I said earlier, even if it's just temptation, you must expose it so it doesn't turn into sin. You see, if it's temptation, still confess to the Lord and to others that you're struggling with this temptation so they can help you. I love 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. This is the part I love. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people get that saying from the scripture. Oh, brother, God ain't going to give you more than you can handle. Right? We've all said that or heard that. And that's pretty much the scriptures where they're getting it from. He says, but the temptation, it's not going to be more than you can endure. Some people are just like, man, I couldn't take it no more. I just gave in. But the Lord says he will show you a way out. And when we're talking about others around us, and when you confess your sin to another brother, to your spouse, to a sister, whatever, you know what? God uses them to show you the way out. That's the blessing of that. Amen? That's the blessing of it. When we confess to one another, it's for healing and it's for help. So they can show you, well, man, look, let me help you in this area. Let me, let me give you something you might have thought. Let me, let me help you to, to navigate through this landmines, uh, this minefield that you're going through. One of the ways he shows us is through other people. So one, we need to expose dark corners. Then we need to confess them. And then the obvious number three, which it could be, I mean, all of these are hard, especially if you've, you've had a dark secret in your life for a long time. But number three, that's good. But then we must move to where we remove them. Expose them, confess them, and then remove 
the darkness, the dark carnage, the sin from your life. Romans 12, uh, 12 and 13 says, Romans 13, uh, excuse me, 12 and 13 says this. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or in immoral living or in quarreling or in jealousy. You see, after we expose and confess the sin, we have to make a decision to remove them from our lives. And listen, you need the Lord's grace and strength to do this. You cannot do this on your own. You can't. You might be like, brother, you don't know me. I'm strong. You might be. But God didn't wire us to be strong on our own. The Bible says our our strength comes from God's grace. Grace empowers us to live holy lives and to remove this stuff from our lives. You may be strong. I'm not doubting that. But to ultimately live in victory and when you you, you want to start removing darkness from your life and sin from your life, you can't do it. You know, I know that personally. For years, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol and I got caught a couple of times, went to jail a couple of times, had probation and I had to take a drug test. So like, man, I quit. I ain't smoking weed no more. I got to take a drug test. I'm done. And I was for two weeks. And then I started back again. Why is that? First of all, because I didn't know the Lord. And I was trying to just, I'm not going to do it. Nope, I ain't doing it. Nope, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. No, it didn't work. It didn't work in my own strength. Then I got radically saved right here. As most, many of y'all, right there on a Wednesday night, just like tonight, God radically saved me. Some things went out the windows. Other things were still there. There were still some corners in my life that were lurking that wasn't all the way lit up yet. And there was a few things that I struggled with. And man, I would fall back into that, but I would continue to pray, Lord, help me. Lord, take the taste of alcohol and drugs from me. And Lord, replace it with the things of you, which we're going to talk about in a minute. You know, you need to ask the Lord to help you and give you strength. And then there's the practical things. You got to make a decision. If it's porn you're dealing with, you need to get a filter on, on your device or get rid of your device. I, I've walked with young men that, that have struggled with this and computer wizards that can get around filters and all that. I got to point one young man, I said, you need to just have a flip phone. You just need to have a phone that you can't access the internet. Listen, did you know that we can actually survive without the internet? Did you know that? We can act, life will go on. It will. You can go through life Without social media, it's possible, right? I'm being very, you know, facetious here. Obviously, you can tell. But if, if, you, if you're that in that much bondage, Jesus said, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, what? Cut it off. Did Jesus want us to walk around as a bunch of one-eyed and one-hand mutilated people? No. What Jesus was saying is, you do whatever you have to do to get sin out of your life. To remove the sin out of your life, that's what he was saying. He was using a parable, an illustration, and saying, you know what? Do whatever has to be done. So if you got to throw this thing out the window, get to chunking. Amen? Get you a flip phone. 
Whatever it must be. It might not just be that. If it's a relationship, remove yourself from the relationship. It might be a relationship on social media. You know, Gary Chapman said when he was here yesterday, and don't quote me, but it was, I want to say 20% of all divorces now are traced back to Facebook. Or adultery of affairs are traced back to Facebook. People find old flings and, 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 and high school sweethearts on Facebook. I want to say, don't quote me on that, but I want to say it was 20%. I heard that stat last year. It's not worth it, guys. Just get off of Facebook. Delete the app. Delete your account. It's not worth it. Remove relationships. Remove, you know, social media. Remove if it's certain things. You know, uh, when I got saved, there were certain things in my apartment that I had to get rid of, that I was still struggling with some things. And uh, some of them were physical items like tapes and magazines and whatnot. Other things were TV shows I had to remove from my nightly lineup of what I watched. Because it was sin and it was causing sin in my, I was struggling with things saying, Lord, please help me with this. Please help me with this. And he's, you know, telling me, well, you keep on watching that and listening to that. And that's just feeding all that stuff. So I had to begin to remove things from my apartment, from my, from, like I said, my TV lineup, from whatever, whatever it may be. The Lord began to deal with me on that. I had to remove myself from certain places. A lot of y'all have heard me talk about this. I remember years ago up here I preached a message on temptation. And I remember I was praying about temptation and just praying about the, the struggle. And I kept going downstairs where they had some young people uh, that we would all get high together and stuff. And, I, 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 man, I kept stumbling. I say I kept. You know, after I got saved three or four months, I got high a few times. But I, I really didn't want to do it. I was reading my Bible every day, praying. I was at church. Every down the doors was open. But I just kept praying and praying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Take this away from me. Take this this temptation take this desire away from me and I really some of y'all have heard me say this I really felt like a dad with his son like a little boy and I felt like like I saw like the Lord sitting there like popping me in the back of the head saying well stop going downstairs Kuyong. you know it's like you know they're going to be getting high down there stop going hang out down there and really for me I was like oh yeah that's 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 a great idea you know I had to remove myself from that situation. Hey, you want to come hang out? No, I, I don't. I don't. That seems simple, but you know what? Nobody else at church knew I was still getting high. Those people down there did, but they wouldn't say they wouldn't come to church. So I'd get high during the week and come to church on the weekends or on Wednesdays, and nobody ever knew. But the Lord knew, and I wanted to be right. I wanted to be clean of everything that was sin. So thankfully, the Lord kept showing me, and I made a decision, and I prayed, and it took some time, but I prayed God's grace strength to remove this stuff from my life. And the Lord is faithful. If you pray for God's help, he'll help you. He'll help you. He's a good, good father. Amen? Amen? And, and what's so awesome about him, he's an awesome father, is that when we try, we pray, we struggle, we fall, we blow it time and again, he's never like, again? Come on. That, he's a perfect father. When we get up and we truly repent, confess our sin and repent, which means to turn away, he helps us up. He dusts us off. He's like, okay, come on. And he'll tell us. He'll show us the way out. Stop going downstairs. Stop watching, reading, listening, talking to people in whatever. You know, it might be bitterness or jealousy. Those are the ones sometimes that are even tougher because it, there's no outwardness in that. That has to be. But you know what? If you confess that and say, look, you know what? I've been jealous. I'm bitter towards somebody. Confess that to your brother. Confess that to your sister. They'll help you to remove that from your life. Amen? The Lord will help you to remove that. And then the fourth and final thing is once we 
expose, confess, remove. Ultimately, we have to replace the dark corners with the light. Amen? We must replace them with the light. Romans 13, uh, uh, 13 through 14 says this. Don't participate. I just read a part of it, but I'm going to read the. I read this first part. I'm going to read the second part now. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, replace. Once you remove, expose, confess, remove, you must replace it with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that we've always talked about that you know, maybe you knew those of you are just giving your life to the Lord tonight. But the way you clothe yourself with Jesus, Jesus is not here. We can't put his actual robe on us. It's, it's everything that the Lord, every way, first and foremost, with the word of God filling us. Like I said, I, I was reading all that time. I was reading and praying every day. I remember one of the times I actually went downstairs and got high. I came back up and, and man, I was so convicted. And it was the weirdest thing because some of y'all might have heard me say this too. I, it's like I wasn't convicted when I was downstairs. But when I came up back in my apartment, it was like the presence of God was in my apartment. Because like when I got back in my apartment, then I was convicted. I was like, oh, man. You know, you ever did, like when you do something wrong when you're a kid and you come back home and your parents look at you and like, they know what I did. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, how do they know? Oh, they just, they didn't even say nothing. They're just looking at you like. You know, it's like, man, they know. Stop look, They know. You know, it felt like that. And that night when I got back in my apartment, I, that might have been one of the last, if not the last times I remember. I sat down and I was repenting. I said, Lord, and I opened my Bible to read my Bible and I could not focus for nothing. I couldn't read the word that night. And I think it was because I remember just thinking, you know what? You know, this is done. Because I was, I, all that time I was replacing, replacing, repl like, like, I need the light. I need to be flooded. And the more I read the word, the more I just worship and got in his presence, man, feel God's presence. I cry. I'm telling you, I was at church every time the door was open, prayer and fasting. Wednesday, Sunday, I was in a life group on a weekly basis every Thursday. You know, I just kept on replacing it with that. That's the only way I know you clothe yourself is through word, worship, prayer, church, life groups, community with others. You get into the presence of God. As I started, Luke eleven thirty six says this. Jesus said, if you are filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. If you are filled with light, then he says, a floodlight would fill you with light. Again, forgive me if you heard this again, but I heard this illustration years ago and believe it's, it's a great illustration to wrap it up. It's like if you go to your favorite buffet, if you, 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 if you eat buffets, if you go to a buffet or maybe you don't eat on a regular basis, but let's say you decide to, to do that. Some of y'all might go tonight now that you heard me say that. But like a Chinese buffet, right? A lot of us, you go to a Chinese buffet and you might, there might be a certain dessert that you love. And that's your favorite dessert. You see it at the end of the, uh, or on the dessert bar, you see it. You go get your first plate, you eat. You go get your second plate, you eat. We're in South Louisiana, so you might get your third plate and you eat. And then what happens? You're like, man, I can't wait for that cheesecake now. I can't wait for that chocolate cake. Even though you, that's your favorite dessert, you love it. You may be like me and have a sweet tooth and you're, you're craving that little something sweet. You're so full, you go get that piece, you sit down, and you can't even eat it. Right? You ever been there? Come on. Again, I know we're in South Louisiana. Come on now. You get there. It happens at Wild Game Cookout almost every year to me. Oh, man, I want to go try that. But, mm. 
I'm full already, you know? It's the same way spiritually. If you get so full up with the light and the presence of God, you ain't going to have room for anything else. There's no more room. Spiritually, the enemy, yes, might try to tempt you, but it's like, no, there's no more room. Jesus wouldn't say that we can be filled like a floodlight if we couldn't be, right? Right? He said your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight would fill in your light. He said, if you're filled with light with no dark corners. I started with the dark corners, but if you read that, he's saying you can be filled with no dark corners. Amen? That's the good news, is that our lives can be flooded if we expose any sin, if we confess it, if we, uh, we, we replace it, if we remove it from our lives. We need to pray that the Lord fills us till there's no more room left. And then we take the practical steps to do so. Absolutely very last scripture, and I'm, I'm going to close. Did I say I was going to close already? I did, huh? So that would be number two. Okay, I'm closing now. First John 1, 5 and 10 says this. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is the light, then we have fellowship, listen to this, with each other and the blood of Christ, Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Would you please stand up with me? Listen, I want to make something clear about the scripture I just read. And as John just said, if we say we have no sin, then we're lying. As we're going to, about to pray and, 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 you know, deal with stuff in our lives. I'm not saying you got to conjure up any sin in your life. I'm not saying that there might be, you know, you might not have any dark corners and praise God for that. That made me check myself. Lord, what's going on in me? Let me talk to my wife. Let's, you know, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you just the other night, me and my wife were talking and, and, and something got me all sideways and I got all frustrated about it. We started talking. We had a little tension between it and, and, and I didn't realize why. She's like, you're really aggravated about that. And I was just like, yeah, because blah, 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 blah. But then I realized as we kept talking, it took us a little while as we kept talking, what happened was I realized that I was still offended by someone something that someone had did and after a while of talking the lord exposed it and revealed to him was like man i'm i'm offended that person offended me and i guess i never truly forgave them released them and so you know that night my wife and i prayed and, and I, I i repented and, and i and I, I forgave that person even though they were nowhere near our room they you know don't even live in the same city and i released them and forgave them you know so it for some of us in this room, it might be very obvious that there are some corners that nobody knows about. For others, it might have been like me the other night where, like, I didn't realize until something came up and I, something pushed a button and it made me realize. But what I want to do tonight is I, I want everybody to bow their head. And I want, to, I want us to all pray. Because the worst thing we can do, like John said, is be children of light but be walking with dar in darkness. And it don't even, again... It don't have to be complete darkness. Those three words stuck out at me. And that's why I titled this message, No Dark Corners. It don't, it don't even have to be that you're engulfed with all this sin and all this 
garbage and all this stuff. It can just maybe be a few corners, one corner in your life. But that's where it starts. If there's only a little thing here and a little thing there, and, 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 and we leave it in the dark and the secret and never expose it, it begins to grow. And the darkness begins to increase and begins to, to take over our lives. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to begin to expose sin in your life to the Lord. And I'm going to offer, if you feel like you need to come down to the altar and, and just and, and you know have, confess something to, to someone, one of us or something in your life, then I want to open up the altars right now to do that. You don't have to do that, but I want to encourage you. Some of y'all might feel like you need to do that. And listen, we're all a big family in here. Just like Pastor has been saying, I've, I've been confessing things that I've done, that I've dealt with, that I've struggled with. So you might need to come to this altar as a, a point of exposing. And if there's any pride in you, in, in, uh, or any jealousy, any bitterness, or anything that's even greater than that, I want to open up the altars and I want you to come down. We want to pray. We want to stand with you. Again, because we love you. Confess your sins to one another so you may be healed. It ain't to condemn. It's not to make you look bad. It's because we want to help bring healing and restoration in your life. You might not feel like you need to do that. As I've been talking, you might need to expose something to your spouse, to a brother or sister, maybe to your boss. Have you been riding the clock? Knocking off a little early, saying you work until five. Have you been, you know, doing doing things that you know are not, you know, totally right? Just here and there, not totally honest. Maybe you've been lying. Maybe you've been, you know, maybe there's bitterness or jealousy that you need to expose. Maybe it is just straight up sexual sin in your life. Maybe you're struggling with pornography or in an inappropriate relationship. I know we're all Christians in here, but I know as last week showed us, we're not above any of this stuff. And I just felt like we needed, I needed to present this tonight. I felt like the Lord lead, led me to do this. As I begin to read right after this and the Lord just impressed, I want you to deal with any dark corners in your life that you need to expose before the Lord. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help my brothers and sisters, Lord God, to be bold. And exposing anything, all of us, myself included, and exposing any dark corners, confessing, removing, and replacing it with the light and the love of you, King Jesus. Lord, I pray that 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 anything that is hidden would be in hiding, that we would not allow pride or shame or embarrassment or, or worried about what people think to hold us back from getting these things up and out of our lives, Father. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray that you help us, that we be flooded with light that we be flooded with light like a uh, like a like a a, a a flood light lord god that radiates through throughout our, our our whole being that we be radiant to others lord that we wouldn't live a lie we would live the truth that we would be transparent lord god we would be transparent to all around us that that who we are inside is who we portray to be every single day who we who we project is our true self from the inside out, Father, is my prayer. I pray that you help us, lead us, and guide us. Give us the grace, Holy Spirit, for those things that you've, you've shown people tonight and that they desire them. They may be confessing right now to you. They may be planning to confess to a spouse or someone later. Give them the strength and the grace to do that. Give them the strength and the grace to remove anything that needs to be removed.
And Lord, I pray that you begin to flood and fill them with your glorious light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, listen, the altars will be open. We'll be up here. We'd love to pray with you. Anything, whether it's regarding this message or anything else in your life, we want to stand with you. For those of y'all that, that lifted your hands to accept Christ or rededicate, please come up to the altar. We'd love to meet y'all before y'all leave. For the rest, God bless y'all. Drive safely. Have a wonderful evening.